this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to episode 85 of the Deep South Dharma podcast, being released Sunday, October 4th, 2020. This episode entitled Compassion and Clarity is as much a reflection on people's response to the events of this week as the events themselves. Before I get into that, I want to just let you know that if you have been considering attending the Meet the Manager retreat that I'm offering for self-identified white women at the invitation of Flowering Lotus Meditation in October, if you've been considering attending that and didn't get to attend the first one, you can see uh, some excerpts of the feedback I received when I offered this retreat in August at Heartwood Refuge. You can go to the website deepsouthdharma.org and take a look at the blog post and you'll see the feedback there. And if that helps sway you in deciding to attend with me in October, then you can be able to click on through and register at floweringlotusmeditation.org. All right. That's all I'll say for now. We'll get on to our topic. The last week or so has seemed to be a crescendo of difficulty in many arenas. One is the ongoing climate crisis and its effect on people living on the West Coast. Another is the marker of over 200,000 people in the U.S. killed by the coronavirus. Um, as well as um, the humongous numbers worldwide having their own milestones. We had a torturous to watch debate between our current president and the contender for this year's election, followed in just a couple of days with the news that the current president in the U.S. is ill with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. Now, I won't say a whole, whole lot about each of these things individually because there are lots more well-informed people um, on those individual subjects that could say more. What I really want to help us reflect on today is sort of our response to our response to these things and um, how we may or may not employ um, wise use of our 
mental faculties, our ability to speak or not speak, um, and our heart response to these events. One thing I want to mention, and this is a little bit working backwards, I heard a, a pundit say sometime in the last couple of days um, that this is especially concerning about the present having COVID, and of course it is. But um, he's, he made some statement like, we need him to be well. And that was pretty heartrending to hear uh, because not only as a Dharma teacher, but as a uh, licensed therapist, um, I'm really aware of the, because of our identification with the body in this culture, this great gap between um, understanding of health in the body and, and how in the mainstream, or at least in mainstream media, there's no almost no recognition of how the health of the body, mind, heart um, are all of a piece. So what I mean by that is to say that, you know, we need our president to be well is certainly accurate enough. But the fact is that we have not experienced this president as being well. And even though that's not often reflected quite so clearly in the media, um, except in ways that are meant to be belittling or insulting, um, I think many, many people are aware of it. And part of the high degrees of distress that, that some folks have had for the last four years is not only about the egregious harm done by this very sick person and people who have exploited his rise to power, but also just the, just that sort of denial that we are dealing with extreme illness. Now I know sometimes uh, people who have a mental illness diagnosis um, bristle at this description of our current president as being ill. And I think the, I think the attitude there is, um, you know, I have a mental illness and that doesn't make me a terrible person. Well, it's true that not all mental illnesses make one terrible at being a person, but there are some illnesses that make someone terrible at being a person. And when we talk about being a person in this context, we're talking about someone capable of uh, care and concern for people other than themselves, someone capable of empathy, of setting their own preferences aside for the good of others. And I think it's pretty evident that it is not only the president that struggles with that in our culture. So that's one thing I want to, to just establish that there needs to be some clarity and understanding that there has been illness all along. It's just that in our culture, it is only when the illness reaches the body that then there starts to be this um, serious tone. 
times that, um, you know, even when, even when there was the effort to impeach the current president, it was not on the grounds of, of um, being unwell. It was, it was undertaken in a punitive fashion on the grounds of the legalities of things, which for all I know, certainly appropriate. That's not my area of expertise, but just the recognition that um, it might've been easier to prove him unwell (laughs) than um, to get people to acknowledge um, acknowledge the illegality of things going on, but maybe not because that denial is what we've been dealing with for almost four years now and longer, really. So, so there's that, that we've been dealing with somebody who's been very ill for a long time and that has kept us in this situation for longer than would have been ideal for, for anyone involved. And then I saw something, um, it was probably a social media post today, where someone was uh, was sort of um, shocked or shocked maybe too strong a word, but was sort of disgusted because the folks who um, sort of benefit from the president's current position, um, while they appear to have taken, um, taken either a cavalier attitude toward people who have been suffering from COVID all along or, um, or have been outright cruel about it. And those people um, apparently reportedly are now sort of, um, you know, demanding empathy for the president and, and the person writing a op-ed or sharing it, um, you know, spoke as if it was <laughs> spoke as if it was uh, somehow surprising or ridiculous that um, the president's folks want empathy, or that the president would want empathy for being ill. And what I would like to just uphold is that. It certainly is not realistic in our world to expect empathy in response to hateful attitudes or careless attitudes, Um, but it's not at all surprising that the empathy is wanted. It is not at all surprising that the president and his supporters now want empathy for him because wanting empathy is the most natural thing for human beings, even when we are not capable of giving it. So again, this is just part of that recognition of the, um, the level of, of spiritual illness that we are dealing with. Um, not only not only in the response of those in power, but those of us who maybe have felt frustrated because of a lack of power. And it is so easy to fall into this, this sort of pent up um, ill will, um, particularly when there's a feeling 
um, that there's nothing we can do. When we fall prey to an idea that there's nothing we can do, then it just, instead of our concerns being being carried forward in appropriate action, there can be this sort of this sort of sideways, um, you know, sarcasm, ill-tempered, ill, ill wishes um, directed to another person. Um, and I certainly am no, um, I, I am no fan of having had this person in office. I am no fan of uh, maybe any of his policies. I'm sure there's there's got to be an exception to that. Maybe, maybe some, maybe there's something that uh, has been done that's sort of been accidentally <laughs> beneficial in some way. But so it's, I'm certainly no fan of what has happened to the office of the president um, during this tenure. But what I am concerned about is is the state of mind for not just that person, but everyone who is dealing with their responses to that person. And, um, you know, it is really obvious that when we're talking about our current president, we're talking about something, about someone who, you know, who reportedly didn't even grow up in a situation to be exposed to the perennial philosophies of the world and how to be a decent person, much less, um, much less having had the good fortune to come into contact with the Dharma. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate um, one of the teachings of Bhikkhu Bodhi that I have um, shared in an earlier podcast um, when Bhikkhu Bodhi in his uh, book on the Noble Eightfold Path, when he speaks of the practice of, uh, of kindness, uh, the formal heart practices of kindness and um, compassion, one of the areas of compassion he highlights is, is the practice of developing compassion for those who are currently happy at the expense of others and who are unaware of the suffering that they are creating for themselves. And so that does not mean that um, we stand idly by and don't try to stop such harm if we can help it. But it means that in addition to having compassion for the people he's harmed, we also um, the, to have a complete training of our own hearts, we develop compassion for this person who is so clueless about the results of his own actions upon himself. So that sort of brings to mind the one thing on social media that I saw, have seen this week in in response to this, and it's from um, one of my uh, brother Dharmacharyas um, in the Embracing Simplicity uh, Contemplative Order, uh, Acharya Abhaya Dharpana. He, 
he wrote, if you pray, pray for our president and first lady. May he experience only the amount of suffering necessary to awaken compassion in his cold, calculating heart and gain respect for the pandemic. And then about the first lady, he wrote, pray that while she's worried about her mortality, she might have someone around who cares about her and isn't just there because they're paid to be. May she have a true friend and recover well. So these are just excerpts from what he shared, but I really found that to be um, very reassuring and inspiring to see that um, these teachings do uh, do pierce through sort of the the noise of greed, hatred, and delusion as it shows up in our reactivity um, toward those we collectively resent. Um, it is really just as we can heighten our awareness that um, that that not only the president but many many people are operating in this world without the recognition that their actions are currently harming themselves as well as others we also must be aware that our actions and and in Buddhism, we have the understanding that our actions include our mental and verbal actions, as well as our bodily actions. And so does that mean that a um, angry, frustrated, or even vengeful thought will never arise? No. For, for most of us, no. But what it does mean is that we don't choose to reinforce, cultivate, publish, encourage those kinds of thoughts because those actions also have their results. This is not me um, talking about civility. I actually don't care about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm not talking about, about uh, people policing what they say to meet some sort of uh, mainstream uh, political standard. What I'm talking about is how we train our own hearts and minds, because that has far-reaching effects for ourselves and others. And it that action we take in training the mind and heart to respond both with compassion and clarity um, to situations has more much more power in it than our sort of fuming and fury um, being sputtered out um, out into the world. So again, just taking a moment for really for all of us to offer this same prayer, um, for all of us, may we all have only enough suffering, just enough to allow us to awaken compassion and to gain respect for the suffering that occurs 
in this world. Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.